the Gospel according to St. John. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. It was born of flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I've told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So good to see everybody again, to worship with you all in person again. It's starting to feel kind of normal again. That's excellent. But I am, I'm going to confess, I was very fortunate as a pastor here that I had a few little extra mini worship opportunities over the past year while we've been separated because we did occasionally have to do very small personal family baptisms because baptisms were still happening. We're still doing baptisms and uh, people were looking to have their children baptized and what we'd do is we'd have a small gathering of the family and what we'd do is we'd set up a little table here with a, a computer for a family to attend uh, who, when we were, had restrictions on how many people we could have through Zoom. So I'd get to talk to the folks on Zoom and we'd chat and we'd even have the calls and response through there. We'd send them to service online so they could join in, so they could make all the promises that were being made in baptism. And I bring that up today because of the allusions to baptism that Jesus is making in our story. When Jesus talks about being born anew, born again, he talks about this being born of water and spirit. And I love that talk. I am nuts about baptism. I love to uh, talk about how we are going to walk together in a faith journey. So specifically, the words in baptism that I like the most is the stuff that you guys say when we do a baptism and we ask the community questions about, like, are you going to pray for them? Are you going to support them? Are you going to walk alongside them? Are you going to support them? And all this comes with being a part of this community of faith. And I love it so much. 
sometimes I have to say, like, beforehand, I'm like, with a resounding I do, because it would be really a bummer if we're like, hey, do you want to support them? And we're like, sure. No, we say, yes, we will. With God's help, we're going to do this. We are supporting this little one in coming to the faith. Saying this to little ones is so encouraging to me because saying they're a part of something, before they even know they're a part of this community, a thing that's happening can't be undone. You are a child of God. You are our brother. You are our sister. You are loved. And God is good. Born anew. Like the beginning of all creation, you are made, formed in the image of God, and you are good. No matter when you're baptized, you are good. I love that stuff. It's the kind of stuff that we can testify to that we hear about in that reading that we know is true. I know that God takes delight in those words of welcome and those promises, those covenant promises to support one another. Especially the stuff about being made in the image of God. Because that's in Genesis, right? In the very beginning, in all of creation, we were made in the image of God so that we might look after God's creation, to be caretakers. You don't need to be God. You're just in the image of God. And God loves God's creation and says it's good, so we are called to care for that good creation. So baptism then says these similar words about creation and water and life and being made in the image of God, being adopted, that things are good, and we are going to care for it. We're going to be caretakers. We're going to look after one another. And I have to say, when we're talking about babies, that's a real easy guess, isn't it? Who doesn't want to say, because you've seen these babies, they're adorable. You get a baby here and you say, hey, do we want to support this baby and help them in their faith journey? Who here is going to go, nah? No, we're like, yes, absolutely. Just look at them. It's even part of our tradition. We kind of like walk the baby around and we're like, look at this new brother or sister. We're just so excited about it. People always start crying. It's beautiful. We love it. Easy to love a baby. Just like when God saved everything. We say, that's good. The time rolls on. In the Genesis story, there slithers this adversarial thought, this notion. Was it really that good? Why? Well, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could determine what's good and, and what's bad. We fall into this thing of judgment. Maybe we try on wrath for size. Maybe we try anger or distrust or jealousy. Why not? Because we love a baby. But what about a preteen? What about a teenager? What about a 20-year-old who's driving crazy on the road? Or what about a neighbor who you don't know the age, but they have a sign out front of your yard you just can't stand? Or they don't cut their grass? It gets a little harder to love them and call them, oh, look, they're a baby. They're made in the image of God. It gets harder as we go on. And I wonder, where is that moment where we stop seeing one another as brothers and sisters, as children of God, and start seeing them versus us? When do the waters of baptism dry up? When do we forget that seal made by the Holy Spirit that reminds us we're made in the image of God? When do we stop seeing one another as family members and start seeing each other as adversaries? Because all throughout Scripture, that's what happens. It starts with everything being made and everything being good, but very quickly the story goes on and it's full of jealousy, judgment, murder, conquest. There's deception, there's lying. Pretty much a conflict between humanity going, maybe I know better how to do this good thing than God. And God reminding us, well, I'm God. And then 
so poorly, where people suffer, people are sacrificed on the altar of peace, people are murdered, enslaved, lied to, they're abused, people are conquered, they're taken away. And the prophet said, before Jesus shows up, you know, in this time, we're drinking our tears by the bowlful. We need you to come down, God. We need you to do something about this because we tried it our way and it doesn't work. And it says in John, so God sends His Son. He sends His Son. Fine, I will do it. Not to condemn the world, which the prophets would have said, no, that's probably what it's come for. We deserve this. Because have you seen how we treated widows and children and orphans? Here He comes. He's going to come with something. But Jesus shows up and it says, He doesn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And how does He do it? But through this talk of this coming kingdom, this new beginning, this rebirth. And He starts His ministry by being baptized and then instructs His disciples, you be baptized as well. In fact, all those who come to the faith, you baptize them. Bring them to this water and Spirit. Name them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Trinity Sunday, I was going to get there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptize them in this name. The Trinity, I want to say in this story we're talking about today, is not a concept that we're going to study or parse out or work out mathematically. It's something I think the church needs to think about in recognizing the character of our God. That God is always has been, before time itself, before stars, before light and darkness, God is a loving relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And in being baptized in the name of that loving relationship, we are adopted into that family, into that relationship. You are a part of something, something God ordained from the beginning. You are a part of that loving relationship as well. So like I said, we did a lot of baptisms, surprisingly, during the pandemic. Hosting families, having people come in here. Um, it was absolutely beautiful to continue to welcome people into this fold. In the midst of a time where we all feel quite separated, physically, it was beautiful to say, we are so happy you're here. We are so happy to walk with you, to work with you, to support you and how God is going to change the world through you. Through this loving relationship. We are so happy to be in that relationship with you for the sake of the world. So though you guys may not have been at these baptisms, I'm going to I kind of spoke on your behalf if you're okay with it. I spoke on your behalf because I had the sneaking suspicion you would be on board with this. I told them that we promised that we are going to support them. We're going to love them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to put the Scriptures in their hands. We're going to break bread together at this table. We are going to love you and even put you on our back if you need help. Because we are family. We're a loving relationship. We're made in the image, each and every one of us, in the image of this relationship. You are always and forever connected made new, born again into this family by water and spirit. I hope you're okay with that. I said that. Um, and I hear this story and I think Nicodemus sounds kind of strange, but I think Nicodemus 
isn't as lucky as you and I are. Nicodemus says, how is this being born anew in water and spirit? How, did, how does this happen? Well, he didn't have the benefit of what we've seen when we get together around the font and baptize people. Hasn't seen or heard the benefits of seeing what it means to be on this journey together in the life of Christ. Not just the act of baptism, but the way that promise is lived out lifelong, a long obedience, right? Living out the promises we make in baptism. That's what it means to be born anew daily, is to walk it together. It's a work of living into a promise we've received that every one of us is a child of God. Every one of us. And folks, the sooner we see that, the better, because I think these days we could use that. In a time of feeling disconnected, this is still the mission of God, that we are in loving relationship together in these new births of relatedness. It's important to remember now more than ever that this is not a solo journey. Far from it. There is no us and them. There's no my family, your family. It's God's family. This is quite the opposite. This is what was ordained from the beginning of all creation. A mission of God that we are all of us. Children of the same Father who sent His Son to save the world. To send His Spirit to remind us every time we gather and every time we see one another in the world we are in loving relationship made in the image of that relationship. And I'll admit, I'm really excited as we continue to gather. Continue to remember those connections. I'm excited to live out this mission with each and every one of you here at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church. And I say thanks be to God for God's identity of loving relationships and for the relationships we are forming here.